Hey, son. Hey, mom. My bad. I was trying to hit this new button. All right. No worries. No worries. We about to go ahead and get started. All right. right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is on here, and we are... Uh, excited to be with you. I am the senior pastor of Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer, and I am so excited about what God is doing as we continue in our Bible study. God is a great God, and He is greatly to be praised. God is doing a great work with us uh, in this season and in this hour, and I do not take it for granted what God is doing for us and how he is blessing. The impartation is amazing. And we are excited to be in the book of Job tonight. We're going to continue our two-part study. Couldn't get everything in in last week, uh, but this is good. It's real, real good. (laughs) So, uh, So we're going to pick up where we left off last week and have a discussion, all right? All right, well, praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we just thank and praise you for another opportunity to come before your throne and just to ask that you hear our prayers. Father God, we trust you. We delight in you. We thank you for giving us a hunger and thirst after righteousness. Oh, Father God, for making us hungry for your word. As we dig in, as we learn, Lord God, as we draw closer to you, we just thank you. We are elated about what you are doing in our lives. We don't take it for granted, Father God, as you continue to lay the foundation. Now, Father, we ask that you will hide us, Lord God. Hide us in your bosom, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father God, that anyone will only see you. Father God, help us, Lord God, to receive your word. We need a rhema word. Make this word come alive in each and every one of our lives. Father, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Improve our knowledge in you. Help us to know you through the parting of our sins. Endow us with your Holy Spirit and give us wisdom. We ask for wisdom in Jesus' holy name. Now, Father God, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, so we're going to pick up where we left off. And I think we were talking about uh, we were talking about Job last time, and we were we were talking about his uh, frustration and how he became frustrated with God, and not just with God, but even with his friends. Boy, man, oh man, we played the song last time. Friends, how many of us have them? I'm telling you, with friends like them, who even needs enemies? We learned that his friends were what physicians. So they were intellectuals. And and so not only were they accusing Job falsely, they were falsely accusing God. Uh, Job expressed his uh, frustration and his, his awe of God, God's majesty and God's power and, and just the mystery of who God was. God, uh, listen, Job loved God. If, if he ain't do nothing else, he loved God. He was in relationship with him. And can you imagine loving someone and good, bad, or indifferent, right or wrong, feeling that they are, number one, upset with you, but number two, that they are uh, bringing an unwarranted attack against you. Because remember, in Job's mind, he was thinking, um, 
you know, I didn't do nothing to deserve this. <laughs> so why is this happening to me? I sent I, I sent Derek, I sent you to, to this um, that I heard uh, speaking and he was talking about who shut that door. He was he was talking about um, uh, Job and going through. He gave a good good uh, perspective about the relationship and how Job uh, began to blame God. And he was saying, you know, it wasn't God's uh, fault, but it was just something about how he was just bringing that point out that really, really touched me. He was saying, you know, how people oftentimes we get it wrong. You know, we go to blaming God for stuff, not knowing or understanding what God is doing. But I think we talked a little bit about his friends and, and tried to go into what their arguments were uh, against uh, Job. And, and I don't forget where I was, so I'm gonna go over my notes once again. But Jophar, uh, which was his friend, uh, that was the one that, that told Job, look, you getting less than what you even deserve. God should be doing worse to you. And as a matter of fact, ain't, it ain't going to hurt nothing for you to just go on and admit that you did what, what God is, is accusing you of doing. Obviously, he's accusing you, so you might as well just go on and admit admit it. And so we also learned that Job um, was was teaching his friends. His friends were trying to teach them, I mean, teach him their uh, wisdom and Job was actually teaching his friends the the wisdom of God which is immeasurable it is it is irrecoverable uh, 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 how you say that word irrecoverable what is wrong with my with my words today <laughs> irrecoverable irrevocable irrevocable my god what in the world was going on there uh you know that, that you you cannot understand the mysteries of god unless he exposes those things to you and then remember the young one um i was saying that he uh he was the one that really got me that one uh how do, how do you pronounce his name? Elahu? Elahu. Here you are, the youngest one of all of them, right? And so he was he was assessing the judgment that came down from uh, uh, Job's friends. And he like, look, all of y'all, y'all supposed to be the oldest ones in the room. And can't none of y'all get Job to concede to what y'all saying? Guess what? I know the answer. So now he goes in on Job and he thinks that because he's young and he have a different perspective that he can criticize all of these other wise men. And I know I was saying last week that he was building off of their arguments. He was building off of their arguments saying, look, you know, while there may be some substance or some some truth to what you're saying, none of this means nothing. This this ain't even what we need to be focused on. We need to be focused on what I'm talking about. You know, and that that type of zeal or or naive, naivete, you know, that people have. Hold on. What's wrong, KK? Huh? Uh uh-uh, uh. She can she can stay right right there. Uh uh uh. You could turn it on. I couldn't find no edible. edible. Oh. 
Oh. And they didn't have lemon. <laughs> Don't you usually like the lemon? Yes, I do. But oh. they had this, this uh, Oh, hold on. Let me open it. <laughs> Let me open it. Your hands look wet. Uh, D, give us one second. Your daddy is what up, D? giving me a, a cake here. The... Not much. Get, I think get, I forgot the point. Uh, brush my tooth earlier. Oh, look at that. Oh, that is beautiful. Here, don't, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Let me take a picture of it. Oh. Come on, take that right here. All right, well, we gotta we gotta take a a break in a little bit so we can get get some cake. I get one that tipped over. All right, good job, Daddy. Good job. <laughs> but Mary, I don't want this on my bed, sweet. Yeah, put this put put it. Down there. Okay, but but I was talking about um, Elohu or, or however you say his name, right? Do uh, better than the elders, and then on top of that, he wants to judge. Uh, Joe even harsher. He wanted to be even harsher uh, in his judgment. But then the Lord came in and he shut them all down. He shut them all down. He said, look, Joe, let me ask you a question. Who are you? When did you become God? And you sit up here talking about what, what I'm supposed to be doing. He said, where and when did you lay the foundation of the earth? He said, when were you in, in there in the morning slinging the stars and telling the stars to come and, 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 and where to be positioned? And, uh, you know, where were you when the nature of the earth was uh, uh, created? And then God began to just slam him back to back to back with all of these questions. Who do you think you are? You are not the one to question me. You are not the one, Joe. Why don't you really trust me? Do you really, really trust me? And that's the thing, God, sometimes when he talks to us and when he comes to us, he say, look, I got you. I know it don't look like I got you. And, and the thing that Job said, he said, though you slay me yet, well, I trust you. At the end of the day, God, I'm going to trust you. But God said, but do you really? Because you questioning me like you don't really trust me. You questioning me like you starting to believe what your friends said and they don't know what they talking about. But look at God, I'm telling you. I thank God, I say a lot of times, I thank God for the natural experience of a father that God gave me that I would understand him illustrated through my father. Because one thing about my daddy, I'm gonna tell you, Butch, he didn't play nothing when it came to his kids. And so you can do every and anything you wanted to do. We can argue all day, we can talk all day, but once you put your hands on his kids, it's, it's done. It's a done deal. But it's two things, putting your hands on them or making a valid threat against their lives. And the thing about Butch, he said, if somebody can threaten you, 
if they gonna do something, they thought enough about it that they would do it. So, you know, take it, take it seriously. But anyway, he didn't play nobody messing with his kids. And even our little friends, sometimes I get embarrassed and feel sorry for them because they just be playing with us. But Butch ain't play that mess. He gonna always make sure his kids got the upper hand. And look at God. Look at God, what all was said and done. They done dog Job out. They done had all their little speeches, all their little um, uh, arguments and, and debates about who, who Job was. And God came right in there. He said, you know what, go. I, I, listen, you go and make, make a sacrifice for Job. And guess what? I'm going to use Job to pray for you because I want you to know he belongs to me. He's one of mine, and uh, all that mess y'all said about him, he's going to be the one to have to bring you out of my wrath. What you said I was doing to him, I'm about to do to you, and he's going to be the one to have to pray you out. So God was like, he was very clear with them whose side he was on, and he knew what Job, um, what Job meant to him. And so they wind up having to make that sacrifice, and Job wind up having to pray for them and after that what happened god restored him above and beyond they always say double for his trouble they gave him double for his trouble what the enemy meant for his bad god turned to do his good now all of that story i'm telling you i still struggle with one little part of it but everything was all good and dandy except that one part the replacement of his children while I, I get it, you know, the, the theme of the story, but I'm just like, ooh, I don't know about a stuff like it was a replacement. And um, I forgot who he wound up marrying. Uh, I got to I gotta look into that. But he his second wife is who brought him into the uh, lineage or the bloodline of Jesus Christ. So it's, it, it, God lined it all up and he made it all work. And, uh, you know, his first wife was like, look at here, I'm, I'm done with this. Uh, the, the message I sent to Derek, that preacher he was just talking about, he said, you know, his wife was just, she was, she was tired of seeing him suffer. And so that was the reason that she told him, just look, go on and curse God and die. And, and while that is his perspective, I don't know if I 100% agree with that, <laughs> you know, I, because I'm a woman. I'm a woman and I couldn't even imagine losing everything and my children and my man just still there. You know, you're supposed to have protected us. You're supposed to have been the one, you know, so I could see some resentment and some some uh, judgment there in the sense that you have the authority and the ability to set us free from this. Why don't you just go on and curse God and die? You know, so I don't know. I don't know if that's where she was coming from or not. Uh, <laughs> while I was while I was talking to y'all, when your dad brought me those cupcakes in, I texted like I said, I sent her a picture of what your daddy sent me. She talking about, see, I told you, never give up. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, God, God at the end, he showed them. He said, look. I, I am the one. I'm the beginning and the end of all judgment. He had to let Job know, too. And sometimes I wonder about how, you know, God, um, when, when he came down on Job like that, it makes me reflect and think 
about God's expectation of us in our faith. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, like God expect. Uh, is she? Oh, who girl? I was about to say that that was in here for two days. <laughs> All right. So, so um, God. Girl, I can't wait. Listen, and I, I hate that I'm all over the place. It's probably because I drank that coffee, but I'm excited too. But I'm telling you, when we start ministry, you know, the, the kids going to be kids. You know, we want to teach them how to sit and how to, I mean, not start ministry, but get our church, you know, because we already in ministry. But, you know, we want them to learn how to, to, um, to act in church. But at the same time, we want them to be kids too. You know, so so this don't even bother me. Gone girl, do your thing. <laughs> you know, because she's learning. When we were in church, you know, younger, even though we were running around doing all of that stuff, we were learning. Y'all were learning, you know, even in the midst of being around the adults uh, and being antsy. But uh, back to Job, it just, it, the way that God responded to him, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, God, you know his heart. You know the love that he has for you. You understand the despair that he's in. And the way that God came at him was like, wait a minute, who are you? I'm the judge of all of these things. I'm the one, come on in here. We still we still haven't Bible study. Uh, and, and sit down. No, we're not eating that until after Bible study. You woke enough, sit down. Come on, because you're interrupting us. Um, you know. Um, where are my my cough drops, Mayor? Can you? Are they? Were they downstairs? Uh, okay. But um, where were you in the beginning when I was telling the stars where to land? You know, he started going. He started talking about the goats and the mountain and all of that stuff. He's like, look, I'm the king of kings and lord of lords. If I said it. Who are you to question me? And so it just makes me reflect on and wonder how, you know, how God looks at us even today and the faith that we uh uh-uh, we ought to have for, don't shut it, leave it open, that we ought to have for God. Um, take, move all that stuff out of there. I want you sitting your behind on my clothes now. Uh, just, just set it down. You can put it back when you leave. There you go. A distraction, but that's okay. We're just glad that he's here. Welcome, Darius. <laughs> All right. So so now we can get into the study. And, and I mean, not the study, but the materials and, and talk about it, right? Talk about what you learned. So I want y'all to go to Joel uh, chapter 1 verses 1 through 5. Job 1 verses 1 through 5. And I got a few questions for you. Y'all can read it. Do you want to read it silent or do you want me to read it? So just a reminder. Or Do everybody got their Bibles? Okay. Okay. Okay, I read it. I'll read it from the King James. It says, There was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. 
And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance was, uh, his substance also was seven thousand sheep and three thousand camels and five hundred yoke of oxen and five hundred she a s s e s s. I and a in a great in a very great household. So that this was, I mean, man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses every one of his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them, and rose up every morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. So he covered his kids continually. And he had all of these uh, material riches and, and these children and so forth. All right, so the first question we have is, what is immediately noticeable about Job? What are his major characteristics and what are his family and possessions like? So what's the first thing you all, when you think about that story, what's the first thing you noticed about him? Yeah, okay. real high social status. Yes, yeah. And he was a man of integrity too. You know, he walked perfect and upright and had all of these all of these material things and a blessed family all of that and he he knew what sacrifice was needed to keep his children in the good graces of god and similar to noah it was because of his righteousness that his children were saved all right so the next question is huh yes yep yep what function does Job fulfill for his family and what does he recognize about them? What does Job fear his children might have done and what does he recognize about God? I think the answer that I just gave, he's a protector and provider for his family. Um, he fears that the, his kids may be sinning and he recognized that God is a merciful God from the offerings that he provides. Mm-hmm. You you got a comment, D? He summed it all up. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Darius? Yep, that's right. God is a just God. He knew that God punished sin, and he knew that God was to be feared and respected. And he understood that. And it's because that knowledge was passed down to him from generation to generation. And he was passing it on to his children by demonstration of his actions. All right. So how does he approach God? Where else do we see men approaching God through sacrifice? And how often does Job uh, uh, do this? And what does this tell us about the love of his family and the fear of God? And how often does he? Did I ask that question again? Yeah, all right. So, so, all right. I'm not going to ask the last question because it's the repeat of the other one. <laughs> so, how does he approach God? Where else do we see men approaching God through sacrifice? 
And how often does Job do this? And what does that tell us about the love of his family and the fear of his God? with burnt offerings that he does it early in the morning. I'm assuming that's each morning. Um, or I think either each morning or once a week. I think the scripture is saying each morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, Adam is also good to burnt offerings and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it shows that he really loves his family because he's making sure that they're good and the kingdom. Amen. Amen. All right. And, and D, feel free to jump in at any time if you got anything else that we need to pull out of that uh, that, that you you wanted to share but yes i mean he he got up every morning he said look i don't know what my kids doing on the other side of town they could be doing anything but i'm gonna make sure they good just as much as he provided through those uh uh what they say he had uh, oxen and camels and all kinds of stuff and um donkeys donkeys we're not gonna say the word that the bible say he has some donkeys all right, so now we're going to go to uh, Job chapter 1, verses uh, 6 through 12. 6 through 12. All right. And I'll read this as quickly as I can. It says, Now there was a day where the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto them, Satan, which cometh thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said to Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? And there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Thou, Job, fear God for naught? Hast not thou made an hedge about him and uh, about his house and about all that he hath on every side? <laughs> thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath and he will curse thy too thy face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon him put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Amen. So God was giving him permission. He said, Satan brought the accusation. He said, uh, Oh, you think this is he upright and he all of this? That's because you got a hedge of protection around him. Take that hedge off and let's see what he do. God said, all right, we're going to see, we're going to make it do what it do, Satan. We're going to see what it do. And we're going to see how much he loves me. God already knew his heart. All right, so let's get through these questions. It says, what is the next scene? What happens in God's presence? Who starts the conversation with Satan? And what does this tell you about God? Satan is coming, or it's, it's the conversation between Satan and God, um, and basically it's telling me that God is, um, he's, he speaks highly of his, could have heard the scripture, and then 
responded, but you heard enough that you can respond. Go ahead, Mary. He speaks highly of his, um, of Job. He feels highly of Job, and he has confidence within his righteous people. Amen. Right. So, so the, this scene covers Job's character, right? Go ahead, D. You had something? Yeah. <clears throat> you said me, Ma? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um. He. God's permission or he could do anything. Amen. That's right. And the thing is, it when when this um, portion of scripture starts out, it is speaking to Job's character. And believe it or not, this while the sons of God came before God with Satan. So the sons of God came and Satan came with them. And God started the conversation. God started. That's why I said the 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 uh, the guy, the link I sent Derek. I was a little hesitant on his perspective because he said it one guy, but God started the conversation. I said sometimes we gotta read the word. He yeah. said something the word said, and uh, and the Lord said unto Satan, where was. Uh, thou come. Then Satan answered him. And he said, look, I was going to and fro all around the world looking for somebody that I can devour. And God said, whoa, have you considered my servant uh, uh, Job? Alright. Oops, I answered the next question. <laughs> it says, who brings up Job's name? And then what does God think about Job? And then where else do we uh, glimpse God seeing and evaluating his creation? What does it tell us about God uh, that he keeps track of one individual? Oh, that's good. Yeah, you can go to answer the Yes, good job, Jerry. And then, so, so what did he think about Job? He thought very highly of where else since we've been studying it so far have we seen that God has done that and he evaluated his creation Adam yeah um yeah. Abel and Cain yeah um that's all I can think of off the top of my head Yes, yes. In the beginning, I mean, he was every day. He was like, okay, on the first day, on the second day, on the third day, on the fourth day, on the fifth day, on the sixth day. And then when he got done, he said, it is good. He was like, it is good. And so God know what he got. You know, some of us don't know what we got, but God know what he got. Uh, what does that tell us about God that he will keep track of one individual? What does that tell us about God? He cares about it. Yes. Yes, yes. Yep, he is intimately involved in what happens in this world. Go ahead, I, I, No, I was going to say the same thing as you, the intimacy. Like the one-on-one the one -on -one, uh, kind of intimacy. Yeah, yeah. All right, so this one says, what does it mean that people's evaluations of Job and God's evaluation of Job were... Uh, the same, what kind of work, uh, the same, what kinds of lives should we be living? They were not the same. I don't know why this says were the same. Because <laughs> they were not the same. Maybe in these few scriptures, 
scriptures they were the same, but after everything happened, then started. Not even then. Because in in these scriptures, he he started out with the the accusation. If you're talking about Satan, in those scriptures, Satan was accusing him. He said, look, the only reason he he rocking with you is because you protect him. Take that protection off him. God said, "Uh uh-uh, that's my dude right there. He, that's that's my guy. He 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 living up right. I think that was a typo. <laughs> All right. So who brings Job's name up in the heavenly meeting? We already talked about that. And what does this tell you about God? Oh, this this what I want to point out about that piece. Put it on the table. Let's talk about it. Oh, you oh you want to talk about it? Let's talk about it. You know because God had every right to shut it down. He could have shut it down right there, right then. And in that very moment, but God said, all right, let's talk about it. You think you got a claim against what I say is mine, what I say is good? Come on with it. Come on with it. And so uh, the next question says, how does how does Satan answer God? And why does Satan think Job fears God? And what does uh, he recognize that God has done for Job? We just talked about all of that. And how does Satan know that Job... Oh, that God has put a hedge of protection around Job. And why do we think that God brought up Job in the first place? Ooh, and and then what keeps Satan from attacking us uh, continuously and destroying our lives? So so the first few questions we already answered. How does uh, he answer God? We know that that he said, look, he ain't all that. You take that hedge of protection away from him. He says, how does he... Uh, why did he think he fears God? Because God done gave him everything he got. So, of course, he like, okay, well, he going to fear you because you, you done gave him everything. And what does he recognize uh, that God has done for Job? That, that's answered. But this is the one I want us to focus on. How does Satan know that God has put a hedge of protection around Job? How does he know it? I'm in the back of the room like, oh, 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 let me answer, let me answer, let me answer. <laughs> because he knows because Satan lived, he was a part of the beginning. He know who God is. He know how God works. He know that if Job got all that Job got, and he know that God is bringing him up, he knows that God uh, is, is protecting him. It's that, it's that God has a hand of protection around him. He's not just speaking out the side of his uh neck right he knows the patterns of god he knows the character of god he knows how god operates so that's how he knew that god had a hedge of protection around him because he could see he and 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 then the question uh was asked, go ahead Sam. and he couldn't touch he couldn't touch joe without god's permission yes he couldn't he couldn't, he couldn't even touch him without god's permission yes 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 and so uh he and and God keeps watch over good and evil, and He knows more than what Satan knows. And He saw Satan trying to break through the hedge. See, it's a spiritual aspect of what goes on in our lives. And there was a spiritual war that the enemy came in, and he said, "I'm about to get you, Job. I'm about to get you. You think he just tried, Job?" When God said you can try him, he would try, he tried all of us. But like Derek said, he had to get permission to get through that hedge. 
Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Ain't that something? When we find, I'm telling you, every time I get in the word, I get something new. Something new. Just think about how the enemy tries to attack us all the time. And and the attacks are not penetrable. He can't do what he wants to do because God has a hedge of protection around us. We don't know. That's why we pray for danger seen and unseen. We don't see the unseen dangers. The enemy up there thinking he about to get over and, and, and break down this hedge that God has um, around Job. And in my spiritual mind, I can see him trying. I can see him up there trying and God just looking at him like, all right, Satan, ain't nothing you could do. But now you want to come with the sons of God and you want to come and bring this mess before me. Let me just ask you, uh, have you tried my servant Job and his servant who was his friend? All right, so um, what is Satan's view of God? What is his view of God? And what does he challenge God to do? And what does he think Job, uh, and how does he think Job will react? What is his view of God? He thinks Job would basically pose on God. Like, if, if God wasn't giving him everything, he thinks Job would then not be as faithful to God. And I feel like Satan, he uh, he's so slimy. Like, he really reveres God, but he doesn't show it. He He's jealous of God to me. And he, he, he think that he... He think that he is on the... Uh, like the same he think that he knows something that God don't know pretty much Yeah. so he, yep. he he feel like his level of intelligence is comparable or yep. his level of wisdom is comparable yeah because we remember when he got kicked out of heaven it was because he tried he felt like hey I'm good looking I'm smart so why can't I be God I'm a <laughs> I'm a God and not only that he tried to portray that God was only worth, worth worshiping based on what he was giving, you know? And so he felt like, look, take everything away from him and let's let's see what he'll do. And let's see how, he gonna, how he's gonna react. I bet you he's going to turn on you. All right, so, so uh, what kind of limits does God set on Satan? He said, you can touch him, but you can't do what? Um, so he said that everything around him he can touch, but not Job specifically. Not his life. Not his life. He said you can touch everything, but you can't take his life. All right. And then, uh, oh, yes. What in your mind, God making that proposition, what does that tell you about God? Like, what, do you, what does that make you think about God? that he is a protector and he's sure about himself and what he's doing. It, absolutely. He's a protector. But that, and, and, and I love how you talked about that, the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God. Even though he said, look, you can go, you can touch everything. God knew, God knows the end from the beginning. And he knew that he was going to give Job a double for his trouble. You understand? So he knew everything you think you could take for him, I will give him double. And sometimes even in our own Christian Christian walk, we may feel like, or at least me, you know, I'm, I'm sitting on 47, about to be 48 this year. And I have been through cycles of loss that were so devastating 
that I felt like, God, why, why? <laughs> I done lost everything. And guess what? God restored it all. And he didn't just restore what I had. He gave me above and beyond what I had uh, during that time. So my walk has taught me. But the thing that I love is that he never was faced with that level of opposition again. Once God gave it to him, he sealed it. And up until the day he left the face of this earth, he was given that. And I want to go back to that sacrifice, that sacrifice that they were making, that he made for his children, irrespective of their sin, irrespective of their behavior. The sacrifice set is straight with God. So he got up every morning to make that sacrifice. Jesus did, does the same for us. When he sacrificed his blood on our behalf, we are saved. We are sanctified. We are Holy Ghost filled. This is why, uh, and I'm not going to go too much into this topic because I'm going to talk it when I talk my other uh, topic uh, that God has given me. But that little Creflo dollar thing where he's talking about tithing and all of that stuff and that we are under the dispensation of grace and we know that we are under grace, but he wants to make it tie grace to money. He wants to tie grace to prosperity. He wants to tie grace to material things. No, grace says that I am saved. I am saved by grace. And no matter what happens, God the blood that was shed on my behalf as I can't do anything. My, my uh, works can't do anything, but it is by my faith that I am saved. And so anyway, uh, that, that just hit me for a minute. How he, how he, you know, did that for his children. How does uh, Job respond to the loss of his family and, and what is his response based on and what does this tell you about our response to our situations? The way that he responded that I love is that he said to God I mean, he said these words, God giveth and God taketh away. He said, though you slay me, yet will I trust you. And it is based on his view of who God was. He knew God. And even though he was devastated, even though them circumstances hit him out of left field, he didn't even expect it to come. He was saying, God, but I love you. But I still, I don't understand it. I'm upset, I'm frustrated, I'm hurt, all of these things. He said, but I'm never going to not trust who you are. I love you. And his integrity never swayed. Um, let's see. Now, some of these questions are redundant. Go ahead, D. No, I just kind of... Basing it off of what he knows. Like, he don't know what's going on behind the scenes. As far as he knows, this is... If you put your phone, like, let's see real quick. D, hold on one second. We're about to try. Oh, it's no way to do I was thinking if I, if I, like, muted, muted my phone, then maybe... Yeah, we got to find another <laughs> another way to do this. All right, so so we're going to wrap it up in just a little bit. Oh, I think you're 
Oh, go ahead, D. Go ahead. Well, I want you, I want to hear your last comment, and then we're gonna wrap up those few questions in that section and go to the next one. No, I was just I just wanted to emphasize what you said about um, he he was going off based based off what he know like us us reading it we can see what's going on behind the scenes, but as far as he knew, um, you know the, the like you said God gives and he and he taketh away. And even without, even with him feeling like he lacked God's grace and under, you know, uh, what was persecution, he still was glorifying God. Yes. Yep. Yep. And so uh, the other question I'm going to ask about his wife and how she responded, uh, can y'all give some insight on that and how how that made you feel and and what was her view of God? And... um, you know, how does she believe in God? Like, what thoughts do you have around how the wife responded? I feel like the wife's faith was not as strong as Job. She basically told him to curse God and just die. And I just felt like, wow, <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> extreme. Like, I don't know. I just feel like she was frustrated, but she didn't have strong, strong faith because she was just ready to give up. And of course, she suffered the loss of her kids and things like that. But the faith was not there. She just was like ready to give up. I I agree with that. And I also I also think in a way it kinda insinuates that she believed in Job's innocence. Um, because her response wasn't like his friends, like, oh, you know, you did something wrong. It was like, you know, she it, it's kinda like she seen his innocence but she didn't have his faith. Yes, now that's good. That's good. Because when you think about how somebody who know you and see your suffering, and it's like, look, I know you ain't did nothing, Joe, but look, this is going to get you out of this. Why don't you just curse God? And I mean, death ain't the worst thing, you know, compared to what you're going through. So I get it. No, that was good. All right, so we're going to turn to Joe 14. Uh verses 13 through 17 so 14 what we say 13 and this time i like i like getting in that message bible i'm sorry y'all <laughs> i like getting in that message bible so this actually is gonna take us from one actually so it won't let us start at 13 all right so it says uh what did I say? Joe 14, 13, through 17. We're all adrift in the same boat. Too few days, too many troubles. We spring up like wildflowers in the desert and then wilt, transient as the shadow of a cloud. Do you occupy your time with such fragile wisps? Why even bother uh, hauling me into court? There's nothing much to us there's nothing much to us to start with. There's nothing much to us to start with. How do you expect us to amount to anything? Mortals have a limited lifespan. You've already decided how long we'll live. You set the boundary and no one can cross it. So why give us a break? Ease up. So why not give us a break? Ease up. Even ditch diggers get occasional days off. For a tree, there is always hope. Chop it down and it still has a chance. Its roots can put out 
fresh sprouts, even if its roots are old and gnarled, its uh, stumps long dormant. At the first whiff of water, it comes to life, buds and grows like set, uh, sapling. But men and women, we die and stay dead. The, uh, they breathe their last and it's all, like lakes and rivers that have dried up, parched reminders of what uh, once was. So mortals lie down and never give up, get up. Never wake up again, never. Why don't you just bury me alive, get me out of the way until your anger cools, but don't leave me there. Set a date when you will see me again. If we humans die, will we live again? That's my question. Although, I mean, all through these difficult days, I will keep hoping, waiting for the final change for resurrection. Homesick with longing for the creature you made, You'll call and I'll answer. You'll watch over every step I take, but you won't make me track. I mean, but you won't keep track of my missteps. My sins will be stuffed in a sack and thrown into sea, sunk in deep ocean. And let me, let me just, so we can get the context. I'm gonna do it again. And 14, 17 through 18, but I'm going to do it in the King James Version um, because I think it's a, a, a key point that they want us to get out of this. Uh, 13 through 17, it says, Oh, that thou wouldst hide me in the grave, that thou wouldst come and come and, wait a minute, that thou wouldst keep me secret until thy wrath be passed thou that thou wouldst appoint me a set time and remember me if a man die shall he live again all the days of my appointed time will i wait till my change come thou shalt call and i will answer thee thou wilt have a desire to work of thine hands for now thou numberest my steps Doest thou not watch over my sin? My transgression is sealed up in a bag, and thou sowest up my iniquities. So what does Job ask for God to do? What does Job ask uh, God for? That's right. He said, he said, just bury me. Just, just take me here and, 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 and so I can wait this thing out. All of this is going on. Just hide me, Lord. Hide me. All right. So what does he recognize about God? And what brings him comfort? I believe he got comfort in knowing. He said, look, when all of this is said and done and you call me, Call me when you're ready for me to come back. But look, your anger don't last long. So I feel I find comfort in your mercy and in your grace. All right. Uh, Job 19, 23 through 27. 19, 23 through 27. Y'all know I'm I'm just gonna stay in message, okay? 
and y'all can read the other scriptures uh, by yourself when you get a chance. Okay, what did I say? 23 through 27. All right, it says, and it starts at 21 and it goes all the way to 27. It says, old friends, dear friend, take pity on me. God has come down hard on me. Do you have to be so hard on me too? Uh, don't you ever tire of abusing me? If only my words were written in a book, better yet chiseled in stone. Still, I know that God lives, the one who gives me back my life. And eventually he'll take his stand on earth and I'll see him even though I get skinned alive see God myself with my very own eyes oh how I long for that day all right so so what does what does Job cry out and then what does he want to be done with his words and what does he know uh about his request what is what does he cry out What does he cry out to his friends? For his suffering to end. For his suffering to end. And he's telling them, look, have pity on me. Y'all keep on abusing me. Are y'all going to get tired of that? I'm going through enough. Come on now. It's, it's ironic how he, he made the statement, if only my words were written in the book or chiseled in stone when it's in the living Bible, <laughs> still, being, still being read thousands of years later. That's good, D. That's good because a lot of times our suffering, when we're in the midst of the suffering, we don't understand the magnitude of the people that would be blessed as a result of what we go through. And in our mind, we thinking low of ourselves, like if only, if look, if I could just put these in a book, or chisel it on the stone. Maybe, maybe then, you know, y'all have some sympathy. I, I feel that way sometimes too about people. I be like, if you just take me out of the equation, stop seeing me and put somebody else so you can have some empathy or sympathy or whatever. Uh, but that was good. That was good. But he, but here, he said, look, the thing that I love about all of this. And we go back to what brought him comfort. He said, even though God skins me alive, yet does he slay me. He said, look, I'm going to see him with my own eyes. And I long for that day. I thank God for the, the, the love that Job had for God. The example that God gave us uh, in Job, that even though we go through the things that we go through, we still can love God. Um. All right, so we already talked about that. What what does he know about God? What gives him hope? And if God honored Job's first request, what does that tell you about his second? His second, his second. It says, if God honored Job's first request, what does that tell you about his second? If 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 my words were written in a book, yet chisel in a stone, oh. still I know that God lives, the the one who gives me life, and eventually he'll take his stand on earth. And going back to what you said, son, about where he said, Look, I wish I could show, I wish I could 
uh, build a, a platform around this pain. I wish I could just do this and look at what God did. Look at what God did. God not only uh, uh, took mercy upon him, he was asking God, take pity. He, he was asking his friends to take pity on him and stop abusing him. And how did we see how God handled that situation? <laughs> he said he said i'm gonna make a i'm gonna make a public display of y'all i'm gonna make a public display of y'all so that was the first request the second request was all right lord you know and like you said you brought that thing alive god brought it alive in our lives so that now years later we are all benefiting from job's experience amen all right uh, so, so I'm just going to say where these scriptures are, but I'm not going to read these because it's, it's going to be a lot. <laughs> and I want to get through these questions. But Job, in Job 38, 1 through 41, uh, and, uh, oh, no, no, no. And Job 38, 1 through Job 41, 34. Okay. So these are some questions that came out uh, that we could just talk about. Um Oh yeah, so this was good. When we when we think about God's sovereignty and his system of nature, when God started listing out the things that he actually oversee, uh, what are the things that fall under man's control? What are the things? So remember when he started talking about the the uh, how he created the earth and I'm just putting it in my own words and how he created the stars and, and all of that what part of the things that as God started listing them out what part of things that God uh, oversee falls under man's control <laughs> was that the point that was the point God was making he's like who are you? When did he said? When did I see you go up and tell a star where to land? When did I see you create the oxen? You know, and all of this stuff that God was laying out for him. Listen, none of that is in our control, and it's not that God. All right, so this thing just keep on. <laughs> Uh, taking us out. And I think that's how we did it last time. We just caught them, right? Yeah. Maybe, you know what I think I might do? I might. It dropped again. We have to restart it. Ain't it something how I just came up with the simplest thing to do? And I should have thought of this before. We can start doing Bible study on Zoom and I can just do the recording. Yeah. <laughs> what? Why was I making it so complicated uh, from the beginning? But anyway, so moving forward, we're just going to do Bible study on Zoom. And then I will do, I will join the Zoom and I'll just do the podcast from the Zoom. I don't know what my problem is. All right. So anyway, God God wasn't unsympathetic to, to, to uh, Job's situation, but he just wanted him to know. Like, sometimes you got to put people in a place and let them know what their place is. Like, look, you ain't making these decisions. You're not in control. And because I'm in control, I think she needs. Oh, 
she okay? Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm doing what's best, right? So let me see. Why does God list all of the things that he cares for? And what does that tell you about him? Yep, yep. And he's he's telling him it goes back to the scripture that says it's um without faith faith it is impossible to please God. And he was he was solidifying Job's faith by telling him, just like when we talked about how Jesus in the beginning when we were talking about uh how Jesus established uh his own credibility. He established his own credibility by the by the word of his father. So he basically said, he who sent me, that's, that, that's what make me credible. And God was doing the same thing. I love this. Look, this is my favorite scripture uh, or my favorite account of Moses. Uh, when he went up and he asked God, who are you? You know, what's your name? Or, or, you know, who are you? Who can I say that you are? He said, I am that I am. He like, I stand on my own word. I stand on my own. So I just love stuff like that. But that's what God Say it again, son. Like, pretty much, I don't have to explain myself. Right, right. I don't have to explain myself. And it's not that he was unsympathetic. It's like, he just said, look, I'm God. I'm God. All right. Uh, Let's see. All right, going to Job 42. Uh, What happens to Job when he really begins to understand who he is and who God is? Yep. And God uses him. God restores him and God blesses him. All right. So here's another question. How does God rebuke Job's faithless friends? And what does this tell us about God? And what does God require from them? And what does this tell us about God? God hears and sees and knows everything. Yep. And ain't that something how, how God told them, you got to go make a sacrifice on behalf of Job. Now you don't lie on Job. You don't lie on me. Now you want to get back in my great, my bet, my uh, good graces. Go and you make a sacrifice to me. And, and not only that, so what did God require from Job? And why? What did he require from Job in, in, in 42? What we learned? Yes. Yep. God required him to pray for his friends. But, but why do you think God had him pray for his friends? And to also teach Job how to love his enemies yeah. who were his friends. Dun, 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 dun. You know, what What was the other song that keep coming to my head mm-hmm. about enemies? It's, it's, uh, tag, I'm going to have to ask your daddy. It was an old school song. 
then you probably remember it. Uh, backstabbers. Oh. Uh, backstabbers. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So it's like he wanted he wanted him to learn how to love his his friends and love his enemies and intercede and pray for them. And and the thing too that God was was showing them is that um I set the order. You don't set the order. I set the order. All right. So what is Job's identity and how does he act as an intercessor in the beginning of the story? And has his identity as an intercessor and a priest changed since his disaster? And how does God affirm Job's identity? Wow, that ooh, that's good. Well, in the beginning of the story, he was doing he was doing sacrifices on behalf of his children's sin, and by the end of the story, he was having to pray for the very people who were coming against him. He was interceding for for his children when the story started out. And then he ended up interceding for his friends when it was all said and done. And God blessed him double for his trouble. God reaffirmed him as an intercessor and he restored his possessions and he gave him a new family. And I believe that the message for us, you know, in this modern day time is that God wants us to intercede. He wants us to intercede for our loved ones, those who are around us, because we are in relationship with God. We know God. We know him intimate, intimately. And it doesn't matter that our friends or our loved ones don't know him the way that we know him. We have a responsibility to pray. And look at how God blessed uh, uh Job, he blessed him. He gave him double. He gave him double. He restored all of his possessions because he was focused on God's work and he was doing what God called him to do. And it was another part in that, that, that I just love that. I feel like Job had some insight into what was to come with the resurrection, with the re- uh, redemption, with, with being saved. And he said, I'll see my God again. He knew that he would see God again, but that to me shows me that it was something about Job that he knew Christ was coming, that his Redeemer was coming, that his Savior was coming, and it formed and framed his behavior and his actions. Um, Yes, yeah. Yep, it, it matured him. It it matured his priesthood. Can you imagine praying for folk that you know done did you wrong? <laughs> Ooh, it's so many times I have to go before God 
And because I know the relationship that I have with God, and sometimes I just look at people in their situations and I be like, God, just forgive them for they know not what they do. They allow the enemy to make them think that I am an enemy to them because of the anointing that is on my life. And sometimes when I see God just dealing with folk on my behalf, I be like, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy, Jesus. Don't do it. Don't do it, God. You know. And just be praying for folk. But I, I, I can relate. I can definitely relate. And so God restored uh, his family and he renewed uh, his covenant. And I, 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 I got to go back and, and recall who his wife was and how her lineage tied to Jesus. But... Um, I know she was in that in that bloodline with the patriarchs. It was something that tied them together because Job was out, even though he was in their time, he was outside of that. And I and I don't think I don't think that he remarried. Uh, but I gotta go back. We gotta study that part. Because I think I was saying that earlier, but I don't think that he actually remarried. I think it was his wife, but the when I studied this before, I think the key thing that I learned was that the wife was the the uh, bridge to to the the relationship with Christ. All right, and uh, all right. So, how and when does the Lord restore Job's losses, and uh, what does He give Job? And we already talked about this. And what does that tell you about Him? And uh, how does God give Job a new family? And how long does God let Job live with his family? So we know we know all of that. All of that is in the book of, of Job 42. So I want to wrap up and I'm going to go through these few things, lessons that I want y'all to, to, um, to just keep in mind, right? Some, some outputs that we got from uh, the story that we read. And I'm just going to go through them quickly and then I will release y'all. Because I know Darius trying to get to them cupcakes that I got for us earlier today. <laughs> Not in the best way, but I still got them. Ha <laughs> ha. All right. All right. So so here, here are a few uh, facts concerning the story of, of, of Job. Here are a, a few core um, truths. Job's identity was an identity of integrity, integrity. He was exactly the same person in front of God and in front of man. All right. So both God, look at, look at God, right? As soon as we start talking good about God, here come your daddy, the man of God. He going to be, he going to be preaching this word. All right. But God and the enemy notice the upright but for different reasons. Y'all notice that? The enemy noticed the upright and so does God, but for different reasons. One wanted to accuse him and one and, and, the, and God wanted to put uh, uh, Job on display. He like, let me show you how it's really done. All right, uh, Satan parodies everything that God does. Uh, the best he can do is copy because he wants to be a replica of God. He's, he's an imitation. You, you can't be like God. All right. Satan's attack is an attack on Job's identity and on God's identity. So he wanted to not only attack Job's identity and his integrity, he wanted to attack the integrity of God. Like, okay, you standing behind this, what you created, this ain't nothing. I can't stand people like that. Oh, 
Like you want to be just like me, but you want to put down everything I do. All right, I'm going to get off of that. All right, Satan assumes that God and Job would do what he would do in their places. He assumes that God and Job, so, so that accusation, that's good. That's good, ain't it? The accusation that he made against what Job was going to do was only, he was projecting what he would do. That's that's you, Satan. That's how you think. You just going to uh, worship somebody and love them for what they can do for you. All right. So what Satan did to Job, he would immediately do to God's followers without God's restraining him. So what he did to Job, he, he trying to do that mess to us today, but God got him. God got him. The battle's not ours. God is fighting the battle on our behalf. Satan is always trying to frame God. He always trying to bring false accusation. If he can't get God off the throne, he tries to convince man that God is not worthy of the throne. I'm telling you, he do that all the time. Job, Job's righteousness does not exempt him or his family from suffering and death. Ain't that something? Job's righteousness, you could be a righteous man. And we talked about that before. That is, God doesn't put the same emphasis on life and death as we do or the lifestyles that we live. He, he don't see it the same. So we could be living upright and go through all kinds of stuff. But God got us. We just got to believe it by faith. We believe. All right, suffering is an evidence of God's confidence in Job. So his suffering in this instance was evidence uh, that God had confidence in him. He said, look, I'm, I'm allowing you to go through this because I know you the man for the task. You the man. And some of the suffering that we go through is because God can trust us. He said, look, I got something for you. It's going to be a big bang. Remember when we went to go see, um, uh, what was the, uh, uh what was the movie? This one. What was that one? Black Panther. And remember at the end, everybody was roaring like, yes, yes, yes. God got that yes, yes, yes in our lives that towards the end, he like, I'm about to show you some stuff, but it won't be as as a dramatic ending if you ain't have to go through all of this. All right, so here are a few further truths about God and man. God sees and evaluates our lives. He sees our lives and he evaluates our lives accordingly and justly because he is a sovereign and a just God. Uh, we must come to God God's way. So we keep learning that. That is a resounding theme throughout the Bible, up through the New Testament, what we're learning about the character of God, the personality of God. And remember, this is what I want y'all to get. These things that we study in now, those are predating the law. So everybody keeps talking about, oh, we under, we no longer under the Abrahamic law. We no longer on the Mosaic law. We no longer under the uh, Adamic law, which is the Adam law. All of this stuff, we under grace. Yes, we are under grace, but but I'm going to extend some grace myself right now. You pull another one and I'm offered it. Does that belong to you? We are under grace, but it doesn't mean that he that we don't have to um, honor uh, what, what God's principles and precepts are. Okay, God's compassion knows no bounds. He cares for parts of nature uh, men never sees. He cares for everything. He watches over the stars. He cares for us. And he is not an impassive uh, watcher. He's not an impassive watcher. God is very active 
in the earth and how he cares for the earth. Even today, God is a true and living and a real God. God desires relationship with man, even when man does not desire a relationship with God. Ain't that something? Even when we going our own way, KK, KK. Even when we're going our own way and going astray and doing our own thing, God still desires a relationship with us. And the, and the wonderful thing about God, we learned this during the flood, right? That God will even give us a chance to get ourselves together <laughs> before he had to pass that judgment. He's like, look, I want a relationship with you because that relationship that I have with you will secure your salvation and make sure that when you leave this earth, you're going to see me just like Job. My God. All right. Through God. Uh, though God may be silent for parts of Job's story, he does not step back. I mean, he does step back into Job's story to bring a view of himself and to bring reconciliation between himself and Job and between Job and his friends. God also reconciles Job and his wife. They then have 10 more kids together. So there you have it, right? So they he reconciled him and his wife together. Then they had 10 more kids. Can y'all imagine if God reconciled me back to y'all daddy? We had 10 more kids. No, we ain't have no 10 more kids. I mean, not reconciled because we still together. But anyway, uh, <laughs> he reconciled them back. And he he seemed to be silent. He He didn't seem to be silent. He actually was silent. And sometimes in our lives, it seemed like God is not speaking. You know, I've, I've experienced that many of times when I'm like, God, man, why, why can't I hear from you? Why don't you speak to me? Why don't you just tell me? I'm the type of person, if you tell me the why behind the thing, I can digest it, I can accept it. But if I don't know why, it's going to send me in a frenzy. And sometimes God will just be silent, but he is working in the background. All right. God wants man to think uh, through his relationship with him. God is big enough to handle man's hard questions. And he does not hide the fact that man has to ask hard questions in a world of suffering. God welcomes man's hard questions because they give a better understanding of who he is, uh, which is his concern. So it gives a better understanding of who he is. So don't feel intimidated to ask those hard questions. When we're looking at Job like, uh, you asking God that? You better watch how you talk to him. But God can handle it. He can handle them hard questions. Like, God, why? I'm telling you, I'm not going to get emotional. I'm not going to get emotional about this. But when my mother died, when my mother died, when my daddy died, I was so angry. I was so angry. I'm like, God, I trusted you. I knew you were going to bring them out. I knew you were going to heal their bodies. And God had to show me and help me understand. I love them far better than you ever can. And I knew that because their bodies were riddled with pain and suffering and all of these things, I wanted to bring them to a place of complete healing. And when God gave me that revelation, I'm telling you, I was good with it. But I had to ask that hard question when 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 uh, Trey passed away. We were in the midst. We were in the midst of fasting and praying and praying. And on the 30th day. God said, pray and fast for 30 days. We were praying and fasting for 30 days. On the 30th day is when his life was taken. And I asked God, I said, why, how? And every day we praying, Lord, don't let us suffer any premature deaths. I'm telling you for about a year, it was hard for me to pray that prayer because I said, now, are you hearing me? But God said, I know all. I know all. All right. So he's tough enough. He can handle those hard questions. All right. God is the one 
who prevents evil things from happening to us all the time. He the one. The battle is not ours. It's the Lord. Satan would destroy all of our lives all the time if he was given the freedom to do it. Like Derek said earlier, he had to get God's permission. God has plans to store in store for us even in the bad things that happen in our lives. God is a merciful God. He blesses us past anything that we deserve. A lot of times, some of the blessings, we don't even deserve them. All right. And then one day, God will make everything right. One day, God will destroy the king of uh, over all the children of pride, which is Satan. Uh, we too can have hope and the hope that Job had that if we die, we will live again. And we too can take hope in the knowledge that our Redeemer lives. Y'all heard that song? I know my Redeemer lives. Y'all heard that? I know my Redeemer lives. Ah, yes, we got to hear that song. All right, so anyway, so that is great. We know our Redeemer lives. Um... We know that it's okay for us to ask the hard questions. We know that Job is a hard book to digest, but we get faith and knowing that if God did it for him, he can do it for us. Now, Lord, we ain't trying to go through that same path now. Okay, all right. We got it. We read Job's story. We got the lesson. We don't need it face to face, (laughs) but we trust you. Um, And his story is what? Written down forever. God granted his request. God granted. He said, look, he said, I wish I could write this in a book. He thinking, man, let me write this in a book. Let me put it on a stone. God said, I'm going to put it somewhere forever and ever and ever. And if you notice again, because of where Job is positioned in the Bible, as far as the sequence of the books, he wasn't a part of the main story, but God heard his plea and he knew his heart. And he made that story, like Derek said, we are benefiting from it even on today. Um, God loves us. We love God. And we want to uh, we want to learn how to have faith in God the way that Job did. All right. So, Darius, can you lead us out in prayer? As we end out. You want me to pray? Yes, sir. Mm, what was to say? Lord, thank you for everything that we heard in our message today. Amen. 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 Cupcake time. Cupcake time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Love y'all. We'll be love back y'all. here next Thursday. Now that I got a way to do it, I don't know why I made it so complicated. <laughs> All right, dude. We'll talk to you later.